Families have a lot going on. Let Ollie help manage the mental load with new cognitive health supplements for everyone four and up, like delicious Lolly Focus Pops or Lolly Mellow Pops for kids. And for parents, try three new Brainy Chews to help you focus, chill out, or get energized. Find these cognitive health buddies for the whole fam at Ollie.com. That's O L L Y.com. These statements have not been evaluated by the Food and Drug Administration. This product is not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. Hey, this is Alex. You're tuned into the Market Adventures podcast. It is Friday, February 19th, and today we're going to talk about the stock market's one and only fear gauge. But before we start, make sure you go to Twitter and like the Market Adventures podcast Twitter page at InvestingPod. Do it now and tweet me to get a free copy of my course sent directly to you. Let's jump into the episode. For me, it was a thought of putting my mom in a nursing home. It was a thought that, you know, I wouldn't be able to go to all the track meets and basketball games and dance recitals, all the things that my children did when they were older. It was a thought of, you know, not being able to travel the world and being stuck in my city or hometown for the rest of my life. That's what got me into stocks. That's what got me into trying to invest in myself to learn and to grow and to create financial freedom for myself and my family. Let that be the reason that you check out my course. Go to gum.co slash learn stocks. That's G-U-M dot C-O slash learn stocks. If your mama, your kids, or your grandparents are enough motivation for you to get started seeking financial freedom, let me help. Go check out my course and see if it's for you. So what is the VIX? Right, The VIX is a tool used to measure a market's expectation of volatility 30 days out. Right, It's a measure of, of volatility. Now, investors use the VIX to measure the level of risk, fear, and stress in the market when making their investment decisions. Now, in the last episode, we talked about IV, implied volatility, right, and we defined volatility as well. But as a refresher, volatility measures the potential magnitude of a price movement over a specific period of time. Now, that's key again, right? Not only are we talking about magnitude and speed and velocity, we're talking about a period of time as well. Now, bigger moves in the short term lead to higher levels of volatility and vice versa. Now, how was it made? It was constructed and it uses uh, the S&P 500 index options to do its calculations to determine the market's fear level. Now, you don't need to know the calculations behind it. I'm sure you can go look it up. But all you need to know is that it uses the S&P 500 index options, particularly the put option, volume, and demand to use uh, to gauge the market participants' fear. Right Now, it's typically inversely related to the market, right? which means when the VIX goes up, the market typically goes down, and then vice versa. Now, a VIX value above 30 
is typically linked to like increased uncertainty, right? More people getting scared in the market. We're talking about it bouncing between a, a range. Now, 30 is not the upper end of the range, but 30 is relatively high for the VIX. So that represents increased uncertainty and risk and investor fear. Now, in March, when the stock market really like plummeted, the VIX shot up, right? Shot up way above 30. So, and it shot up really quickly too. So that just speaks to how, one, how quickly things can move. But two, when the VIX pushes past even 30 and keeps going higher, that's increased uncertainty and risk and the markets will move even faster to the downside as opposed to trickling down. Now, VIX values below 20 generally lead to a a stable, stress-free period in the markets where people are not really worried about anything, so the market is allowed to move up, right? So when the VIX falls below 20 and is moving down, the market will typically go up. Now, why does this matter to you? Well, if you've been paying attention this week, right, the VIX dropped below 20, went to like 1997 or 1998, and what happened? It bounced up. The next three or four days, it gapped up, uh, trickled down throughout the day, and closed higher. And when the VIX was bouncing up the last three or four days, the market was selling off, right? So it just so happened to happen this week, but it's a very clear example of how these things move together. Now, the VIX helps monitor the put volume and demand, like we talked about. And it increases as the increase for demand of put options increases. Now, if you remember what put options are, right? It, people who use put options try to uh, increase their profits and make money when prices decrease. So why does put volume matter? Well, large investors like, you know, uh, BlackRock, you're talking about you know, JP Morgan, Bank of America, people like Warren Buffett and his Berkshire Hathaway organization, large institutions and investors like that have a lot of shares to move around like hundreds and millions of shares. And they really just can't move that much quickly. Because remember, where there's a buyer, there has to be a seller. And where there's a seller, there has to be a buyer. So if somebody is uh, bearish on the market and they want to sell their stocks, they can't dump 100 million shares of stocks in the market and try to sell it. No, because there has to be 100 million uh, buyers. Again, if you're talking about one share, but there has to be enough people to absorb that much stock in the market. So what do they do? When things turn bearish and they can't liquidate you know, billions of dollars worth of uh, stock, what do they do? They get options, right? Put options are much cheaper to, to get into and get out of than it is to leverage and get rid of you know, millions or thousands of stocks. So they get into options. And like I said before, put options you benefit from a decrease in price. So when people are bearish, if they can't sell all their stock, if they can't sell a part of their portfolio, what they do is they buy put options to hedge their portfolio. So if their portfolio is going down, they own enough options that are going up in value so that they're not losing too much money on the back end, right? So that's kind of how people use put options to hedge large, large portfolios. Now, that's a a good thing for us. Why? Because using the VIX, you can measure the demand for puts. So you may not be able to see when these guys are making big purchases or, you know, big sales or maybe they're trickling and selling it off slowly. Maybe you may not be able to see that 
as clearly as if the VIX is going up, you know that there's an increase in the put volume. And you know if it's going up quickly, there's only so many investors in the world that can afford to purchase that many puts and have such a demand for puts to move the VIX that quickly. So that's a way of finding out what the large investors and institutions are thinking, right? What do they feel is happening with the market? So like I said, the last couple of days, it's been going up, right? Trickling up and gapping up. Well, that'll tell you something about what some of the large investment institutions are thinking. Now, it's not all of them. If they're all on the same page, then we'd see more corrections. We see more crashes. So there is some going to be some different differences. But when you see it start to move, you know there are bigger players at work in the put options market. Now, using the VIX as a tool in your strategy isn't so much about finding out what the institutions are buying and selling. Like I said, in terms of shares, the VIX won't tell us what they're doing in terms of shares. Um, but it does allow us to let, let us know whether or not they're hedging their portfolios by adding put options to their balance, right? Because if they're adding it, that allows to see what they're feeling in terms of are they bullish or they bearish in the market. And by using that VIX tool in your strategy, you can kind of decide whether or not you want to go long on short positions. If you're trading options, you can decide whether or not you want to join them on the bearish side of the options or go against them on the bullish sides of the options. So that's completely up to you. Now, some cool old school sayings as it pertains to the VIX. Um, there's one that says, if the VIX is high, it's time to buy. And what they're essentially saying is this. If um, the VIX is high, that tells us that market participants are very bearish. When the VIX gets to a tipping point and starts to turn over, right, the VIX is high, it's time to buy. That's indicating typically that if the VIX is high, that means the stock market is low, which means there's a lot of discounts, a lot of cheap stocks. It's time to buy. Okay, and that's just a cool saying. And then, but vice versa is true. When the VIX is low, look out below, right? So the VIX is low and there's not a lot of fear and uncertainty. You could possibly see a reversal in the future. And look out below means you're going to watch out for falling prices. Right, which is really again, which is really cool. That those those sayings are really cool. Um, okay, so there are times where the normal relationship between the VIX and S and P does get kind of messed up. So instead of the VIX and S and P moving away from each other and moving inversely, sometimes you can see the VIX and the S and P going together and moving together, and they're not supposed to. Right now, what that typically implies is that institutions, the ones that are buying put uh, that are increasing the put volume and have a high demand for puts, and they're the ones really moving the VIX. If they are worried about the market being too hot, right? Too many buyers, buyers of dips, and things like that. But the investors, right? Non institution investors, the retail traders are in a buying mood, right? Like we see now, if you go on Twitter. And you search anything regarding AMC or any stocks really that are going down, you hear buy the dip, buy the dip, buy the dip. That's got to be a new phrase in social media. It's got. I'm surprised it's not trending. But the buy the dip crowd is that other end of the spectrum, right? So the institutions are making the VIX go up because they're buying put options because they think the market is too frothy. But then you have retail investors who are buying 
securities, stocks, and buying call options because they want things to go even higher. So what is that doing? That's holding up the S&P. So as you can see, there's institutions holding this VIX up. There's other investors holding the S&P up, and that's what makes them move in the same direction. Now, no, the, the institutions may be wrong at first, but they're not wrong for very long. Right. Even though at first the, the market's going to keep going and the VIX is going to keep going, if they keep moving together, something's got to give. And nine times out of ten, the retail investor is going to have to give in to just the might of the institutions. And just anything that happens out of the ordinary, the institutions are leveraged in a better position to handle it and to profit from it than the retail investors. Right. So when you see something like that happening, the institution, the S&P 500, and the VIX moving together, it doesn't mean you should stop being bullish, but what it means is you should be prepared. Maybe keep some of your position in cash and be prepared for some kind of reversal. It may not be a long-term reversal. It may not be a correction. It may not be a crash, but some kind of turnaround even in the short term to allow some of those put options to shake out or to allow some of those retail investors to kind of calm down on the buy the dip uh, rhetoric. Now, I personally don't consider the VIX that often when I'm trading. I know of it. It is on my watch list. I see it occasionally. But as of recently, I haven't really been considering it. Um, but it is good to know what tools are out there if you have some kind of feeling. Like me, I'm bearish in the market. But I'm playing bullish until I see other signals that lead me to be, okay, now it's time to play bearish. But the VIX is one of those tools. But right now, the VIX would be, essentially for me, my last tool to confirm that the market's going in the other direction. For now, I have other indicators that I'm looking at and keeping an eye on in case they start to turn around. And then the VIX will be like my stamp. That'll be my gavel. That'll be my, okay, now it's time to move. So I really don't look at the VIX that often until I see something else in the market that kind of pushes me in the direction of, okay, you are bearish, but now the signs are starting to show, right? And having those things at your disposal, having the information, the knowledge to know what works and what's showing you what and how can I read the markets based on these indicators and tools, having a full toolbox allows you to be able to be ready in any situation and to profit in all environments. Hey, thanks for listening today and showing up on my birthday week to support the show. Make sure you go to Twitter and like the Market Adventures Twitter page at InvestingPod. Do it now and tweet me questions you have or if you have maybe a watch list or some stocks that you want me to take a look at, tweet them to me and you and I can communicate. We can talk about maybe what I see or any questions you have and how I can put it into an episode to answer any questions you have. So that's it for this episode. Just know there's a lot of education out there, but not all education is created equal. So just make sure that you and your closest friends and family know where to find this podcast so that they can get the right stuff. Be well. Until next time. And remember, don't seek security. Seek adventure. Adventure.